Kanye is breaking free. Kanye is breaking free. You're listening to Hakeem Alexander Communications Exercising Your Mind News. H-A-K-E-Y-M News. Presented by yours truly, Hakeem Alibokas Alexander. Here on Colin Social Podcasting App. Presented for H-A-K-E-Y-M News in association with Uniquilibrium. This edition's focus is titled Kanye is Breaking Free and it'll be co-hosted and presented by Jenny Hatch. Now, if you don't know Jenny Hatch, you can find out more about her by searching for her here on Colin. And uh, she presents uh, from healthyfamilies.life. She has healthyfamilies.substack.com as well. And uh, she comes from a Christian background. And she has some very uh, clear and distinct opinions about um, this particular subject, Kanye is breaking free, that uh, are not but um, nonetheless are quite relevant to this discussion today. Welcome, Jenny. How are you doing? Thanks. It's an honor to be here discussing this in a, a rational way. I've tried to introduce some of this information on other shows and was made fun of and mocked and dismissed as a conspiracy theorist. And so it's been a little bit uncomfortable. Well, Jenny, um, you know, uh, from my perspective, I think that you can tell by now that even though I do not uh, agree with a lot of things about religion in general, um, that I am open to learning. And I just that's my main focus is I want to learn. I want to know things that are interesting, even if they disagree with what uh, I understand or believe in. And so I would just like to learn more because a lot of the things that you are posting, the links, um, it's kind of right up my alley. I mean, some people might call it conspiracy theories, um, might call it fringe, whatever it is. But I want to learn about it because I'm just interested in information and knowledge. That's it. I, I, don't, I don't care where it comes from. I want to learn about it and I want to understand it so that I can just understand different perspectives. And um, I listen to the gentleman in the Pengburn hangout enough. I know uh, some of where they're coming from, and I know that not all of them uh, see to eye, eye to eye either. Um, but I would just like to expand the, um, the conversation, even if no one else shows up here. Um, and of course, we have this recording, and it will be a reference where I can come back and, and review and also share it with other people. So um, some of the, the things that you uh, first touched upon um, 
I'll, I'll mention. But um, how does that sound to you so far about um, just me wanting to learn and absorb and and uh, have you present this information? Well, it's the reason why you're such a great host. The the hosts on the Pangburn Hangout like to think that they're nuanced and they're open hearted and they want to hear everything, but they really don't. And especially once I finished speaking and then started sharing the links, um, I felt a real discomfort coming from the host and some of the other participants because they realized I was not just blowing smoke. You know, there's some real proof. Right. And so uh, I, yeah. I felt a real reluctance on the part of the host to have me back on. He did welcome me back on. So kudos to him. But as for digging down past the surface of, well, Kanye's just an anti-Semite. Uh, I didn't feel that there was any real interest beyond just painting him as mentally ill. And we should be sympathetic for those who are mentally ill. End of story. They didn't want to dig. Mm. And I'm all about the dig. So I appreciate your posture and just willingness to talk. I also posted it in the room uh, to them right before I left because they were supposed to end it. But, you know, they're still going. And I said, I wrote, um, you know, I think that we should hold a a feature conversation with you to understand your position more completely. And then I left. I just wanted to let them know that. Um, I don't know why they don't seem to push back a lot of the stuff that I say very much. I don't understand it because um, I don't really understand a lot of the stuff that they're getting into. And um, my knowledge of what it is, is, you know, um, it's paltry compared to theirs. But I, w I really don't want to talk about that so much anymore because some of the things that you uh, posted really caught my eye. Two of the first ones, uh, primarily um, the second thing that I heard was the Black Eye Society or Black Eye Club. Right. And then um, the other thing was about, um, what was the other thing that stuck out in my head a lot, um, was about the Punishers um, from the, um, the Satanic uh, Organization. And so, and then there were a few other things that you posted there. So I'd like to know, is there an order of some of the links that we should go over that you'd like to present? Because I can then also um, po put them in the information uh, queue here. I call it the link bar where the little, uh, so somebody clicks on the little eye with the circle around it, they can see the different links and everything. So if you start posting them as well in whatever order you want to go with them, then we can, uh, I can at least have them here for a reference and look at them myself. And you can just um, put together the pieces in uh, the, you know, basically if you have a presentation about it, that you have a certain order that you like to present these things, I'd really like to, to view it that way. Well, I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants and the things I shared at the Painburn Hangout chat. Um, I specifically just wanted to back up my own statement with factual okay. links. And so I wouldn't say there's necessarily an order. But I thought it was interesting, you know, do you have any personal evidence? And I was like, well, actually, yes, I do. <laughs> I grew up in one of these families and I have yeah. very strident, strident opinions about what they do to their children and grandchildren because of my own experience. And so I think he was kind of surprised by that, that, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not just coming at this topic from, oh, I saw something on the Internet and it it was interesting and weird. And here's here's, you know, more for you to learn about. It. No, this is my lived experience. And one of their hosts at the Pangburn Hangout, Masha, had a show last week where she allowed me to talk. For Yeah, I like, like Masha. I think it was like 30 minutes. 
And she mm. let me share a piece of my story and then tie it into the greater narrative of what we're seeing on the world stage. And she said, you know, I, I just don't know that I can believe that it's this organized and it's this top down. But when you think about Jeffrey Epstein and what he was doing with, you know, all of his control uh, and then Whitney Webb, have you heard about her and her new book? Um, I just little pieces. Um, people have shared um, interviews and things like that, but I don't know too much about it. She's just done a deep dive on Epstein and how far mm. back his relationship with especially the Clintons go. But more than that, just that he has always been this extortionist who, you know, it always starts with somebody being invited to a party. Let mm. come on, come on my boat, come to this island. You're special. I want to spend time with you. And they get captured. And so this is what happened to my parents. And it's something I feel passionate about because I don't hate my parents. I think right. of them as tortured souls who got caught up in something that when it started, they were just feeling lucky and um, just like, wow, this is so cool. These really wealthy and connected people want to hang out with us. And so they went to a party and at that party, things happened. And that was the beginning. And so I feel passionate that for especially those families that are reluctantly a part of this, who, if they had known the impact it was going to have on their family. And I think of somebody like Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, with mm. his own daughter involved in Disney. He said, if he had it to do over again, and Disney called, wanting to invite him and his daughter to come to Hollywood, he would have taken the phone and thrown it out the window. Mm. If, he had, if he had known what was going to happen to his, his family and his little girl. Yeah. Wow. Um. Now, what is the the relevance of um, some of the the references? Like, for example, the is it called Black Eye Club? It, that's just the term. The article I shared was actually an article that was attempting to debunk it as a conspiracy theory. And okay. they said these people have all had cosmetic surgery. That's all it is. I just wanted people to see the the photos, and that's why I shared that. But yeah, it's not even okay. a thing. It's just what the title of that article was. But if you Google okay. Black Eye Club, you'll see all of, and hit the image bar in Google. You'll see all of these celebrities and the Pope and business people and um, just all kinds of movers and shakers with these black eyes. And you're like, well, what is this? Mm, interesting. Yeah, that would that would uh, that would be rather interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, like. A friend of mine, Kevin, he uh, showed uh, me and there were several other references and books about how um, there were a lot of different people in high positions all throughout history who were showing these different symbols like their hand in their shirt pocket. And it would be like a specific hand tucked away in their shirt and just different things that you're like that. Like, how are these people all over the place doing the exact same thing? Like and, and some people try to, you know, um, uh, pass it off as oh it's just a, a way people pose you know what I mean or something like that but it, it was just too eerie you know well, some the of the most, the most common symbol you'll see is someone with one of their eyes covered they'll use their hand or their hair yes. something will be there covering an eye and this is their way to flag to the cult I'm still all in 
I'm 100% part of this thing. You don't have to worry about me. And so anytime you see that, somebody doing the one eye look, that's somebody who's captured. That's the eye of Horus, too. Yes. And they are also telling their handlers, I'm obedient. I'm being good. You don't need to worry about me. Right. So sometimes if maybe, you know what, that, you know what comes to mind when you say that, it's as if um, maybe they're, they, they might be saying something that's a little bit edgy or a little bit too much. Uh, Sean, I see you down there. Um, and uh, I'll bring you up in just a second. Uh, so they might be saying something that's getting close to maybe some evidence. And it, it, if it might seem like they might be outing somebody, they want to do the symbol to say, no, no, no. I'm just stringing them along and giving them enough. Um, don't worry about it. I'm still obedient. Kind of like that, do you, are you saying? Or is it something else? I, I think it's that. But I also think it's maybe they've been threatened. Hey, if you cross this line, we're going to kill your kid. We're going to kill your husband or your mom. And they're flagging and saying, no, I'm good. Leave them alone. Yes. Okay. You gotcha. Know? It's a communication okay. tool. All right. Let's see what Sean, uh, if he has any input here real quick before we continue. Um, and I'm really interested in these uh, these these punishers. Uh, good morning, afternoon, or night, Sean. Hello. How you guys doing? Um, I'll I'll just be kind of candid with you. Connie West is completely lost the plot, um, but at the same time, it, he he's not so insane that I don't think that there is. Nothing to what he's saying. He's, he's, listen. <clears throat> Obama, George W. Bush, uh, Biden, Biden's Catholic. I, I, and in fact, Obama's a Christian. You know what I mean? I actually, I don't believe in any of that stuff because of the fact that the reality is one thing is power and it's money. You know what I mean? We, we can talk about the nature of Judaism and, and, and the problem I think Connie has is that I think he's trying to talk about something honest, but at the same time, he's rich. Connie West was a billionaire a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? And I think people forget this. Like Connie West was a billionaire. What Connie West just decided to do was talk crap about other rich people and that hurt his money more than anything in the world. I don't think we can just ignore that. Is it, it, and 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 I'm not saying that like Jewish people don't have an, an overwhelming influence on elements of like the American cinema or the American movie industry or what's written. There there is definitely that reality, but the problem is is that like they don't have an overwhelming effect more than the Koch brothers have on politics or Warren Buffett or even Elon Musk, you know what I mean, who I think has actually improved Twitter in one condition or capacity. Mm -hmm. The point that I'm saying is you need to understand what we're dealing with is rich people who have began to dictate everything. Kanye West went off the rails and started talking the truth that he thought was the truth. But at the same time, Kanye West has more money than most black people will ever have any condition of understanding. He didn't talk about the conditions of black people in prison. He didn't talk about the conditions of black people all across the country. He decided to make this about himself. And while I understand, and 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 this is this is the truth. My dad is um, 
my dad's from New York, uh, old time in New York. There's been Jewish people who kept themselves in power, who've helped themselves out. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's not a, it's not an insane idea to think that a group of people will hold themselves together, help and ally themselves with themselves to elevate themselves socially and economically. It's not an insane idea. You know what I mean? So I don't think that is an insane idea. The problem is, is that like, if I was going to be honest, like Kanye took it too far and he didn't do a good job of it. <laughs> he took it too far and he, didn't he, do he a good job. Too, no, I think he has a, a, like, like, I don't think anything Kanye said is legitimate criticism, but I think that there is, there is legitimate criticism potentially there if handled rightly, but Connie fucked it up. So I don't okay. know what to say besides that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand that position. Um, everything, a lot of things do matter in their presentation. Um, there, I mean, I know for that for a fact, because the, the, the kind of stuff that I get away with saying is uh, ridiculous, but I think that, a lot of it is just due to the way that I present myself and how I present the subject. And so I can dig what you're saying. Um, yeah. A lot of that. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it's like, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of Connie and I fucking hate Hitler. Like, I'll just put that out there. But it's just like, like that's like, what are you doing to the point that your 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 position is so insane that you're like pro Hitler? Like that's a bad fucking look. nobody nobody has like I <laughs> that is a terrible I mean? look. Yes, like I can be pissed off at the fact that Jewish people have a, like why is it that anti-Semitism is a new form of racism? Like it's just racism. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Jewish people Jewish people get a new form of racism just to protect them while black people are still literal slaves working in slave conditions in American society. It doesn't make sense to me that Jewish people are the protected people here. You know what I mean? This doesn't. But like pro Hitler shit, like nigga, like I, I I was with you for like five percent of this and you fucked it up Dominic, with you against you another two hundred and fifty four percent of this. How did this end up this badly? How did you mess this up? I was literally like, Yeah, man, we need to talk about how Jewish people have a massive amount of money and it's real. And it's real. And then he's like, I'm for Hitler. And I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. <laughs> sorry. Like, yeah. I'm not pro Hitler. Fuck Hitler. I mean, Fuck everybody support Hitler. You know what I mean? It's just. You know, he, you know, he was making also, uh, uh, I was looking at or listening to, he was making Alex Jones of all people very uncomfortable, um, which is saying something. I mean, you know, and it's interesting because there's not so much outlet outlash or backlash against certain things like um back in march i recorded a song that was and just basically said f you to god and it was like one of the the craziest death metal songs but so many of those things around that people overlook that um and but it's offensive to christians like if jenny were to look at that song she'd be like she wouldn't even look at it first of all <laughs> like it's it's that bad and and um, but that stuff goes by in society. Like, I'm not a Satanist or anything like that, so that's not my position on that. So there's a big difference. But um, 
but it was just an angry song, and I happened to to be speaking to God in the song in a in a very um, irreverent way. And but these but that and even much worse is in many death metal songs, as you know, like about and especially really super satanic songs. But hardly anybody saying anything about that. It's kind of like, oh, that's just that music or whatever. Uh, um, it's just an art, just like in the movies. Well, um, it's, it's and the, then, you know, uh, one more thing. More, and the, but then um, they will uh, immediately jump on, um, you know, something that is, you know, that seems anti-Semitic. Yeah. Well, the, or that, that they label I such mean, a thing. That, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, they will do that is is for their their own protection. I mean, as a group of people, I I kinda get it. Like, I'm light skinned as fuck, so I got white privilege. So I understand like a group of people constantly acting to protect their group of people within every means that they can. But the, the fucking problem is is that like you do create these these narratives, which are, which are true. It's like, there's a bunch of people behind the scenes trying to dictate social comprehensions and, and understandings that are more favorable to a particular group of people. It's not insane to say that. You know what I mean? It's insane once you're just like, and it kind of is insane. Like, Jews control everything. Yeah, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Like, I, I, well, we, I heard a conversation. Do? I heard a conversation, I forget who it was, but maybe one of you might know about it, but someone uh, from the Jewish community who was in the entertainment industry said, yeah, there are a lot of Jewish people in Hollywood, and they do control a lot of yes. things. He says, but that's yeah. not something to be um, angry about necessarily. It's just, you know, one of the points I brought up um, about, you know, they were in the Pangburn hangout, they were talking about how, um, you know, the, how some Jewish people tend to be really good with finances and money. And I also added, you know, it's also, you know, a stereotype that Asian people are good at math. And, and both of those groups are really do really well educationally. And black people are, um, you know, more robust physically in athletics and all that stuff like that. And I brought up that it's categorically different because one, we're talking about genetics and the other one doesn't have to do with that. We need to separate that. And as a person who worked in that, specific education in, in Asia, um, it's a fact that just uh, what a lot of the research shows is that a lot of this comes from simply a habit or nurture over nature. It's because of the access and how the communities have decided yes. to treat their well, children. To, uh, yeah. Like my mom, but, she but, went, made me go to educational rather than um, recreational summer camps, you know what I mean? Well, and well so, there's, there's yeah. a different, this is a different thing. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, like, um, I don't know if you're black. I'm light-skinned and black, but okay, okay. Black. Well, there, in fact, like, when I was growing up, I actually evaluated the Jewish community a lot, and I, I think there is good things, that the, a lot of good things that they culturally do. Like, a lot of people don't understand that, like, you don't have a like when you're going to middle school, high school, you have no basis of understanding yourself or your comprehension. Jewish people are very smart. There is like, okay, 
You may be going to middle school, you little fuck, you know what I mean? But you're going to learn this language. You're going to have this basis of an understanding of community. And you're going to understand what this community means. And this is what you're going to actually live with and be developed by. So even while the high school drama and everything else is going off, Jewish people have a very early community. Black people, that shit was stripped from us from the very fucking, you know, get-go. There, there, there's a reason that, like, Roots on one of the major functionality. You don't know Roots, you can know, like, Chappelle. You know, Chappelle did a skit about it. It was like, whack, Toby! And then, you know, Chappelle turns to light, like, did you just hit me? It's because of the fact that, like, the, the, the people who brought over the slaves took away every element of culture from the black community that they had. So there is no means or mechanism for black people to come together, to socialize, to create a community. Jewish people never had that problem within America. So they have a much more consistent standard of identity when it comes to large social gatherings. You know what I mean? Think about America. We have like 350 million people. Jewish people have had the same cultural ability to sustain that cultural understanding where black people never had. So there's there's a lot of complexities that are talked about here. And, and I will say this, like the Jewish community, if you really want to look at like during the civil rights movement, I don't know if this is still going on. If you want to look at during the civil rights movement, the Jewish community was like integral to actually black people's liberation. Because a lot of Jewish people, <clears throat> I'm going to say definitely not all by any means, but a lot of Jewish people looked at the black condition in America. Even Einstein was one of them. Einstein looked at the racism of America. And he said that if I do not speak out against it, I feel as if I am participating in it. And you, there is a famous picture. You can look at it. They're colorized and not colorized <laughs> versions of it. But you see an entire room of black people to which Einstein is teaching to. Einstein felt that this racism was a, a degradation everything he believed and everything he thought. So you had massive amounts of Jewish people yeah. who helped black people in the struggle. But what you need to understand is there is a massive amount of Jewish people who, who felt comfortable helping their own. And that's what created what, you know, I want to say is the standardized version of day, but there's definitely condition after condition after condition of Jewish people having benefits due to them, due to them being Jewish over a lot of other people and, you know, fucking over black people well, and other, bring, every other I'll person. I'll bring something into this. Uh, there's a book I read a long time ago when I was really into like the whole new thought movement and all the, you know, think and grow rich and all this other stuff. It's called the science of getting rich from uh, about 1910, 1906, something like that. And uh, mm -hmm. the, the thing is in the book, he makes a very good point where he says that if people of a certain class get together and begin to hire men of their same class, they can begin to take positions of power and then make the changes in society in the world that they want. He was basically giving yes. a floor, uh, a formula for, you know, overtaking politics, sort of like how yes. Rajneesh, how Rajneesh did, <laughs> like Osho, he did it to an extreme yeah. level. But in that book, when I read that, I was like, wow, that is exactly right. You know, it's nepotism. You just, you basically yeah. get together and, but you know, 
even though it he has nothing. I, I want to say this. Yeah, it has nothing to do with being Jewish. As the problem being, like, it, it, there is a condition which we all want power over other people. If you don't think you want power over people, you have not dealt with that element of yourself. The problem is, yeah. is that I'm naming Jewish elements, but there's Christian out like, like the fucking Christian. The Roman Church was the very fucking system of government that murdered Jesus. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying this is clearly Jewish on any level. I'm just saying that like. It has been used in advantage by Jew, but Joe Biden is the biggest hypocrite in the world because Joe Biden has thrown millions of black children in prison to be brutalized and or raped. But his son, Hunter Biden, doing the same thing that these black people have been raped, raped and beaten and degraded for. Hunter Biden is on camera smoking crack and nothing's happening to him. So it's not a Jewish thing. It's, it's about the depravity of people. And people's uh, connections that they have that allow them to get away with it. Um, thank you, Sean. I'm gonna. I would like to hear from Jenny. Um, that's and, that's completely cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank thank you for your thoughts. I really appreciate you, man. Um, and uh, so Jenny, um, it, I don't know if you have any comments about what Sean said. I, uh, if you do, um, go ahead. If not, um, I'm gonna redirect. Yeah, I thought oh. it was really insightful. Everything he said. I. I'm always interested to hear um, opposing views, but also just more nuance. I thought he added a lot of nuance to the conversation. Okay, good. Uh, I thought so too. Um, I also added all the links that you provided so far to um, the, the live chat so that they're here uh, as a permanent part of the uh, presentation. And then, um, uh, I would like to then ask about um, what do you think uh, are some of the issues with um, some of the arguments and uh, some of the, 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 the harsh criticisms and full pushback against things that Kanye has said, you know, and some of the places that you've heard maybe here on Colin or other places. Um, what are the biggest flaws, if any, that you see in people's uh, ire with what Kanye is doing. Well, I think most people right now are getting their views and their talking points from the mainstream media, which has, as far as I can tell, it's like 90, 95% negative, condemning, just knee jerk reacting to what he said. I did a couple of podcasts four years ago when Kanye put out a stream of tweets that really kind of messed with his fan base in the sense that he pointed to Candace Owens and said, I like the way Candace Owens thinks. And at the time, Candace had been saying some pretty provocative things on her platforms. And I find it interesting that what kicked off this recent spate of outrage was Kanye and Candace showing up publicly with t-shirts that say, white lives matter. That was the beginning of this whole thing. And then you have Kanye going down to Mar-a-Lago and meeting with Trump. And he brings along a couple of people who've been identified as problematic in our community. And I don't know much about Nick Fuentes or Milo. I have read Milo's book and I watched him get deplatformed from Twitter for dogging Leslie Jones. I watched that happen in real time. And then he was gone. 
And then I've watched a couple of his videos in the last few years. So I know a little bit more about Milo than I know about Nick. But everybody's pointing to, well, if Kanye's hanging out with these guys and Milo is helping him with his presidential campaign, well, birds of a feather flock together. So if if Kanye's hanging out with them, he too must be some sort of a racist or a bigot. And so you have this kind of like overall smear campaign going on. And I liked President Trump's approach. He said, you know, this guy just lost his family. The divorce was finalized. He lost a bunch of his business. He's troubled. He's, we can all agree he's troubled. But he didn't condemn him for bringing those guys to Mar-a-Lago. He kind of disavowed and said, I didn't know anything about Nick. But, yeah. you know, people are like, what, what are they all doing with this, this so-called racist Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago? And, you know, it's, it's just this overall smear campaign. And my feeling is from the Candace Kanye Fashion Week t-shirt incident to today, the things you are seeing and hearing on various shows were probably planned. I can't hear you, Hakeem. So, uh, let's see. How about that? How about now? I'm Much coming better. Back more clearly. All right. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I would agree that a lot of that stuff is planned. I, I, a lot of things I look at, I see um, a lot of patterns and things that are very suspicious when it comes to how you see things presented and played out in the in the media. Um, well, and the question has to be, why? Why are they all doing this? What's what's the goal? And that's that what I think most people, most people are skipping over that question and are just jumping to he's mentally ill, he's racist, he's a bigot, he's an anti-Semite, end of story. And so my, my question is why? And I think, I've been watching it pretty closely, I think I have yeah. some answers. And, I, and yes, as yes. I've tried to share those answers, most of the time I've been shut down. So um, I'd like to hear some of them. Um, so is there anything that you think is of first importance that you'd like to share? I think if it's true that we have a group of artists, especially singers, songwriters, who have been under the control of evil people in the music industry, one of them busting out of that control would look like exactly what we're seeing with Kanye over the last five years. Mm. Yes, Kanye breaks free. Kanye is breaking free. Okay. <clears throat> so, you know, we know there's lots of artists over the years who've died of drug overdoses and suicide, and we're not quite sure what happened. A lot of artists have died starting in the 60s, yeah. you know, they're just a lot of dead singers. And I, so you've got I, Kanye, uh, he's... Oh, please go, go ahead. Continue. No, I was just going to say that um, I heard a thing about some of the, um, like two of my favorite singers, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden and Chester Bennington from uh, Lincoln Park, who both hung themselves in this, uh, and some very interesting ways that it happened. Um were said that they were doing work to expose uh, child trafficking and things like that. 
Yes, they were. Yes, they were. There were a lot of us talking about that when they died. And, and it's very this, interesting how, um, oh, go ahead, please continue. I can talk about this later. Sounds this good. type of death you're seeing with the, they've been hung on a doorknob and it's suicide. That sends a message to the rest of the artistic community, because I believe all of those people were murdered. When you see uh, they tied themselves up with a red sash and hung themselves from a doorknob, somebody's trying to send them a message. This is going to happen to you if you don't shape up or sit down or whatever. Yeah, um, there's some very interesting things about specifically too with Chris Cornell and uh, Chester Bennington. Like, um, I, I remember I, I recorded a song called Haunted at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. You're not really supposed to record anything there, but I was recording a song there and um, and I and I used uh, chords from uh, Chris Cornell's song called Fell on Black Days. So he, after he kills himself, supposedly, that's where he was buried. And Chester Bennington sings the song called um, Like a Stone at his funeral at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And then a year, uh, sometime after that, on uh, Chris Cornell's birthday, he, he then dies. So that's very interesting. He would kill himself on Chris Cornell's birthday. It seems like there's also a message being sent there. Um, and... Uh, and the only reason why I talked about my song Haunted being there because my, the song was about, I mean, it was in the cemetery, so I went there intentionally for that effect. But it was, um, I just think it's, it's such an interesting thing how uh, things come back around and how I, I connected to my, myself to that just um, because of those particular singers. But it was way before this. The song I recorded was in 2013. And I just think that I used like a certain chord progression and a specific song and then later learned more about the details of that song when I was doing studies and to get my PhD in metaphysics. And um, then to see how things played out with that is really kind of eerie. I know that I have no connection to that, but I just think it's um, some of the things that get revealed to you in certain ways are fascinating. Um, but with those two things, I mean, that is just really, really strange. I mean, was he so connected to Chris Cornell that he would hang himself on his birthday in the same way? That, that seems rather strange, like, <laughs> of a thing to do. The year that they, they died, there was a lot coming out about child trafficking. Yeah. And the Pizzagate, the Pizzagate thing was revving up. And I really think the elites were freaking out that you have these musicians who are making music videos about it, and speaking openly about it at their concerts, they had to quell it. And by killing those two, uh, it sent a message to the rest of the singing community, sit down, shut up, or you're next. And unless if you can see that, you know, then you don't really understand what's going on. And I think Kanye's at a place where he doesn't care anymore what people think of him, if he ever really did. And he said several right. times, God has put this on my heart to be fearless and speak out. And like I said in the Kangburn show this morning, I said, if he can toss a few bombs about Hitler and Nazis and get everybody talking about the overall topic, that's a win. Because he's been trying to get people to investigate this 
and dig in for five years. And it's largely been quelled by the media. And now we're at a place where everybody's talking about him, everybody, and sharing their thoughts. And then you have people like me who are like, uh, guess what? You know, there's, there's more here, you know? And so people are for the first time being introduced to this Punisher culture that these artists, I have so much respect for them because I believe I was being groomed to be one of them as a child. And when I had a breakdown when I was 21, um, it's like I kicked myself out of the club. You know, if you get too crazy, if you get too lost and all of it, they can't use you. The ones who make it to the top and get the record deals are the ones who are able to dissociate enough from their childhood torture that they can still participate in a movie or have a singing career or do the traveling that's required to be a, a top singer and not, you know, completely implode. Now, some of them do, and they quite often do it for the first time when they're 21. There's something about being 21 that it's, it's the age where most people will have their first schizophrenic episode or a psychosis or some other break with reality or just a mania. And this is evidence that their subconscious mind is trying to break through to their conscious mind and connect because there's been a disconnect because of the, the torture and the trauma that we experienced when we were kids. So it's actually a sign of healing when someone has a break with reality to say, okay, they're trying to heal. And then your twenties and your early thirties are often people just trying to figure out who they are, establish themselves in their careers or their family. And the true reconciliation will often come in the thirties and forties. And that will often come after some sort of a traumatic event. For me, it was the untimely death of my older brother, Dave. When he died three days later, I had my first memory of what happened to me when I was a kid. And that is a pattern. Again, I'm always about the patterns and what are other people reporting and, and what's, what's happening to other people who've had the similar experiences that I've had. You know, there's patterns there that you can see if you're aware of them. That's right. Um, now, when you uh, talk about some of these other pattern, these patterns too, are there some that you think are more obvious than others or that you're surprised that people aren't seeing? Well, in terms of our artists, when they have one of these incidents where it's obvious, they, they have lost it. Britney Spears, Amanda Bynes, there's many other artists who in public are having very obvious mental health incidents. They will be whisked away and you won't see or hear from them for months, sometimes years. And then they come back and they'll announce that they have a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend. And I think often the people who has become the person who has become their significant other is a handler. Their handler. Yeah. And so you'll see spouses like I think Jill Biden is Joe's handler. I know Hillary Clinton is Bill's handler and they mm. play this role. You know, there used to be an old Saturday night live sketch of Bill and Hillary. It's been scrubbed from the internet, but it was Phil Hartman playing Bill Clinton around this domestic violence incident at the white house. And somebody called the cops and it was the funniest thing, but there was an edge of truth to it that Hillary was beating the crap out of Bill all the time because the secret service reported 
that there were enough incidents of him being beaten up by his wife that they wondered if they could intervene to protect mm. the president. They felt like they wow. needed to maybe stop the fight so that they could get in there and just, it's their job, you know, to keep them safe. This was written in some yeah, of the, the memoirs. President. Yeah, yeah, the president of the United States. I mean, that's their job to protect him. I mean, the wife is the you know, first lady, but she doesn't have any political position to be protected. She is known to be incredibly violent. And um, like I said, but right, is that correct in general that a first lady doesn't have a political position? She's the wife of the president. So or any spouse of a political leader usually doesn't have any power. But in the United States specifically, right, um, she they, they need to protect him, not stop that from her. I don't know what laws are in place for presidents, but that would seem like just common sense that they would want to um, protect him regardless of whether they're well, married, these, you know? These Secret Service agents wrote memoirs and they did not bust in on them and break it up, but they wondered if they should. And like yeah. I said, this this incident, these incidents were memorialized in the sketch that I've tried to find it. You cannot find it on NBC's website, on the SNL channel, on YouTube. It was really funny, you know, Phil Hartman mm. as as Bill Clinton, you know, talking about this domestic violence in the White House. But I think that's a prime example of some people who, from the time they were in college, were being told they need to get married to each other for political mm. reasons. Bill Clinton admitted to Sally Browning, one of his girlfriends back in Arkansas, when she met Hillary, she was like, what the heck? Who is this woman? Right. And Bill was like, look, Hillary's really good for me, you know? And so he gets married to her and it's it's been a loveless marriage. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's all these rumors that Chelsea is Webster Hubble's daughter. It looks just like Webb's Hubble's kids. And, you know, that it's just it's been this politically convenient marriage where I think Hillary has been Bill's handler. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, that that uh, Chelsea looks like Hillary. <laughs> but you said that it's another man's child. Yeah, Webb Hubble looks a lot okay. like Chelsea Clinton. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The point right. is people in positions of power, whether it's political, and there's people in sports, LeBron James, he's flashing satanic satanic symbols all the time. All the time. Before every game, people are like, what the heck, LeBron? He's all hmm. in. He's he's flagging it, so anybody bef- anybody who's noticing. Before every he's flagging. game he does it? You see it all the time. He's just, you know. Well, I don't watch the, the popular sports at all, so I don't see if it. If you were so to I'm Google just, yeah. Google LeBron James flashing satanic symbols, you would see mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Okay. And um, as far as, like, Satanism, just a little detour about the um, the punishers that you were talking about. What what do those guys do? What are their, their jobs? I believe they're the ones who are blacking the eyes of the people who are being disobedient or need to be corralled. And I think each, Mm. each coven has somebody who plays that role of the punisher. And I shared links with someone in Utah who presents as a faithful Mormon, but he's the punisher in the church of Satan in Utah. 
And his name's Gordon Bowen. He's an incredibly wealthy, connected person who's been involved in the advertising industry. And um, the, the stories that are told about him and what happens at his home in Utah are just chilling in terms of the, the Punisher role he plays. And so you can do research about that. You know, who, what does a satanic Punisher do? Um, there's evidence out there. I shared the link with this case that's bubbling up in Utah because it just broke in June. And I was immediately yeah. all over it because of the Mormon connection and then my, my past experience with my family. And so um, this Gordon Bowen has direct ties to Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney's boys. They've spent time in his home. And so I did a lot of citizen journalism on my Substack around just this story. And for six weeks did daily posts about it and made videos and did podcasts on it, trying to get the word out. And then I was hit with a cease and desist by a legal group in Utah. And that definitely, you know, kind of took the wind out of my sails because, you know, I was, at first I was just concerned about being killed. But then, you know, you're like thinking of the reality of being sued. And um, mm. I wrote him back and told him to fuck off. Oh, wow. Yeah, I see uh, Vlad and Brady are in the queue. How you guys doing? Um, let's see here. Um, hey, Vlad. Hey. Uh, Hakeem, can you can you bring me the speaker so you can let uh, Brady talk? That way we have a right five way. Doing that, yeah, I'm doing that right now. Thank you. Four way conference. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, I, I kind of want to I kind of want to build well, up on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so first, um, uh, Jenny, because um, I wanted to feature Jenny here. So I want to find out: is there something that you want to? Um, uh, put a, a tie up really quickly before uh, we hear from Vlad and Brady, and I'm going to catch them up a little bit. Same thing is just for those of the, those of you who listen to this downstream, perhaps on a replay, who are hearing this sort of stuff for the first time, and especially if you're a person of faith, I would just ask you to to pause and pray and ponder and really think it through. Because it's so easy to dismiss. Oh, that's crazy. That is not how the world works. That's not what's happening. And I have, again, so much sympathy for the singers because I'm a singer. And I'm, I'm concerned about people like Kanye trying to win back not just their freedom, but perhaps get back his family. You know, somehow help his wife break out of the, break out the of matrix the, that, the she's matrix that she's in. And get his life and back. Get his life back. That would be the real miracle. That would be the real miracle. Hey, Brady. Uh, Brady, uh, because we get echoes and all that when we're all open. Thanks. So, so basically, I want to build on what Jenny said. Uh, if you guys remember well, uh, like she mentioned, uh, LeBron James, he, he does. Everybody thinks he's like Jenny Fleckling, like a Christian, Catholic, you know. But he's not doing that. He's doing all the symbolism of Satanism, what he believes in the in the Freemason. He's a Freemason. But he takes it to the religious level. And if anybody that's familiar with all those symbols that he's doing, the hand gestures and everything, 
That yeah. is all Satanism right there. He's declaring, very similar to when Jay-Z, uh, the husband of Beyonce, he wears that shirt from the very very words of Aliester Crawley. Do as thou wilt. Yeah, well, yeah, if you use it, it, it really doesn't mean anything. But when now you know where it comes from. Yeah, mm -hmm. Now that we're getting on this, I want to ask you and, and Jenny and maybe Brady, too, if you, whoever wants to chime in, but starting with you, Vlad, because you guys are saying these are satanic symbols. I just happen to have seen that a lot of these symbols come from before in a lot of different places. Have they been co-opted into Satanism because or, or is like Egyptian mythology inherently satanic? Yeah. Yeah, most likely. The reason I say that Further is because back. Yeah. When, you do, when you do the OK sign, a lot of people try to say, oh, you can't do the OK sign. That's the white power sign. No, it's an OK. Or it could be the 666. So it depends on the person and how and what context they're using it. If it's white supremacists with the OK sign, it's white power. If it's people that are into Satanism, 666. If I'm just telling you, hey, Hakeem, you know, I see you from the street. OK, my brother. Am I, am I giving you white power? Am I giving you 66 or I'm just giving you an OK sign? But people have run off to put all sorts of stuff on the, on the OK sign that now white people can't use it because they'll be blamed for, 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 for putting out white power or for putting out the 666. You know, that's an example. Another thing in Hollywood is they have everybody has to do it that's becoming famous or on their road to becoming famous is they got to do the one eye, the eye of Horus. Yeah. So that is pushed so heavily. So they have to show who now they're loyal to, because that's what their handlers have taught, told them. An example is there's a video is... on the singer Katy Perry, and she says, yeah. I used to be a Christian, but I gave my life to the other guy, the friend of Satan. In order for her to have the wealth and fame and celebrity and everything she's ever wanted, she had to re uh, renounce Christianity and go to the other side. But she openly says it like whatever, like nonchalant. Like in a normal conversation, they just caught it. You know, when people do that, hey, they know what they're getting into. Some people might not, but they're like, they want the fame, the glory. They, they want everything that comes with it. They want the money, the wealth. Okay. They're going to sell their, sell their souls to the devil, as they say. And it's There's so actually an interview with um, another famous singer. Um, the guitar. I forget his name. John right Dillon, now, I but uh, He actually says to an interview, he's like, uh, I had to, you know, I, I, the other I was wondering what other guy. He, he, he was like okay, okay. referring. He didn't say another name. <laughs> no, I, Forget who it was. it was. Yeah, Dylan. Something. Yes, you saw that one, huh? Um, very, very interesting. Um, interesting. And, and he was just very vague. Uh, um, something like that. It was just very an interesting interview, but it was kind of out of context for me, so I don't know. But what I want to ask is, what are what what evidence is there? Any evidence that this is specifically satanic? Like I know that Aleister Crowley um, used a lot of these different symbolism, but he never connected himself to Satan, um, the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis. I do know, however, that two of his students. Uh, one of them was Anton Xander LaVey, and one of them was Al, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Um, and they were vo both very connected to uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratories because they were also trying to recruit John Jack Parsons, which is should have been named Jack Parsons Laboratories, but it's Jet Propulsion. In regards to L. Ron Hubbard, I had a friend who went through the whole order, the whole protocols levels in the Church of Scientology, both the intellectual, the academic, 
and and the religious side. And like so he will, he suffered from too, a form of, I know, but like he suffered from Asperger's, I think. He was like savant. He was considered savant. Okay. So yeah. when he comes to, to learning, he was a bookworm. Right. So he went to the religious side. He paid the dues. And when they took him to Malibu, he went to, to, to do a blood, a blood ritual. So basically, right. they, they punctured his finger, and he had to sign, uh, sign on the dotted line. And a guy dressed up with what should have been like a ram uh, suit and everything came up to him and goes, you know you're signing your soul to me, right? Yeah. And he goes, I want it all. Basically, he wanted power. He wanted fame. So he signed it right there. Very hmm. few, there is people, including Tom Cruise and probably John Travolta, have gone through those rituals. They pay the price. They go to the intellectual side. It's not enough. They go to the religious side. So it is Satanism. That's why they put, I don't know if you noticed the design of the S. It's, it's really to tell you it's, it's, it's a form of the Church of Satan. It's just been made really, really nice, like an indoctrination camp for whoever wants to go in. But the, and, there, but and, the, and the people that work in there, they, they have to sell. They have to sell the product. They have to well, sell I, the story. I know story. That about the Church of Scientology, and I know about the selling of that story, but the Church of Satan doesn't, um, uh, the Church of Satan doesn't uh, promote uh, any kind of... The, the, the Church of Satan is just a decoy. It's, a, it's, a, it's just for fame. It's just for show. The real Church of Satan is within the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the Baphomet. That is the real one, the synagogue of Satan of what the Bible talks about. That's the one that, that, that is pushing and doing all. What you, you mentioned about the Order of Templi. What was it? The Order of Templi, right? Ordo, the Order of Templi yeah. Orientis. Orientis is the one that calls up all secret call, block number to all the stars. They said it. The Order of Templi Orientis is the one that calls them up and tells them what they need to do. If they get a no, they're going to be in trouble. And usually that means they, huh. if they're barely starting out, some scandal's going to be, it's going to throw them from, you know, their climb to fame. If they're not willing to pay the price and do the one eye and all that and pay their dues, uh, that's what's going to happen. If they do, then they know the next step, the rituals that they have to take. And what do you think? A lot of these people, they come out all messed up. You know, Kanye is all messed up yeah. in a way. I don't care how much he says he's Christian. They messed him up. He's, he's got involved in stuff, and he's trying to get out of it, or he got out of it, and he's revealing things. Even as controversial as they might be, he'll say all things that are whack. And Britney Spears was a no different. They, they, they get him into either rituals of killing, like voodoo, like what, what, what the African nations do, like Haiti, or they get him into literally doing something against kids, most likely. It's like not only the sex act, but the much deeper thing. In order to, because that is part of the ritual. If you want in, you got to do what we tell you. And it's not a if or maybe, it's a yes. That's what they want to hear. The order of Templi is very secretive. Nobody knows about it, even though it's out there, okay? They might have a temple out, it's impossible, I don't know. But it's a secret society. And they're the ones that give you a call because of all of Hollywood. If there's all this pizza gate, all this pedophilia, it's right there, that shit. People are involved in all this crazy shit. People have gotten hurt. People have run away. That's why you had that that actress that used to come out in King of Queens, uh, Rima, Rima, something. Uh, she had to um, she had to uh, go to Europe. Remini. Right? Um, yeah. Leah, thank you. Leah Remini. Thank you. She had to run to Europe for a while because they were after her, and then she came out and did a whole expose on the Church of Church of Scientology. Yeah, they didn't Scientology. like it. 
They didn't like it. Well, they, they didn't like it. She actually rebelled for a little while too. Oh yeah. Yeah, they came at me hard. They did a bunch. I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally unconvinced that certain things that have happened in my life that I rather would not have happened aren't because of them. But what did they want I was to come back? I was very foolish. Well, I got very deep into their organization uh, called the Sea Org. I got into okay. it, um, and. Uh, and then I left right away. I just wanted to see if I could get in. Um, oh. I did a lot of stupid investigations that weren't really, that were all independent and that some things I shouldn't have done, uh, you know, without backup and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. was your life threatened? Did they, did you feel like your life was threatened? Um, <laughs> hold on. Oh, uh, I'm good, sir. Sorry about that. I was going to go around. Can you give me a something? I think he's going to be busy for a bit. Okay. Um, um, I got uh, um, work, so I'm in the Uber right now. But um, so, I, you know, I've when I lived in California, um, I've seen a lot of interesting stuff going down to like, for example, I saw Courtney Love um, having to go to court for a bunch of stuff and uh, several other people um, at the courthouse there. Um, with all these things going on, I think I actually see, I saw Britney Spears down there too, but I definitely saw Courtney Love. Um, and this was after Kurt Cobain uh, supposedly killed himself and all that. Um, but there's a, it seems to me that a lot of these guys knew that something was eventually coming uh, way before. Um, because if you look at the lyrics for songs from from Jenny and I were talking earlier about Chris Cornell from Soundgarden and Audio Slave and Temple of the Dog fame and how and and Chester Bennington from Linkin Park and uh, if you look at the the lyrics of their songs they're basically saying you know I'm um, I tried to give you warning but nobody's listening and things like that you know what do you, what do you think about when those kind of things in the lyrics. <clears throat> So, um, yeah, there's all kind of stuff. Um, Brady, you've been yeah, pretty silent. Yeah, on the call. What do you have to say about anything, sir, if anything? And um, I got, let's see. Man, Jenny, you've got a lot of... What's up, y'all? Sorry, I just got home. I'm unloading the car right now. Okay. But uh, what do y'all? What did I, what did I miss about Kanye? What did I miss about the Kanye situation? Well, some of it is Kanye and just exploring some of the deep deeper uh, issues behind uh, you know uh, organized um, occultism, uh, global organized occultism. <laughs> And uh, so the influence that they may or may not have on uh, celebrities and the uh, the industry, and the, as the title of this room says, Kanye is breaking free. Perhaps he's somebody who's standing up or attempting to get messages out about something that's going on that might be uh, rather sinister. And so. Um, because I noticed that um, Jenny was, you know, sharing some uh, some research 
um, and it was kind of getting uh, shot down or not really uh, listened to um, in another stage. I, there were some things she was saying that were interesting that I wanted to uh, look at a little bit more. So, um, Jenny, Jenny have that I missed. Is it, I guess it's those links that she dropped in the chat. Yeah, there are quite a few of them. I'm also putting them into the uh, the permanent, the more readily accessible links here, link bar in the room for the playback. So uh, there's some interesting uh, connections that when you look at a lot of patterns and things like that. I don't know much about it. I'm, you know, not a Kanye fan or anything like that. But um, do you anything, uh, maybe Vlad or or uh, Brad Brady um, situation that kind of stands out? That seems like there might be something else going on. And do you have any other theories or understanding or research about what might be happening here yes i think that what kanye is doing is playing a role and what he they're going to use kanye as an excuse to weaponize free speech or or, or i guess uh, uh attack free speech uh they're going to make new laws surrounding free speech based on what kanye is doing right now and he's kind of like playing right into the okay. book he's saying all the most inflammatory stuff he can you know like, and I think he's, yeah, I think he's still playing a role. Cause I think if he really cared about his kids, he would be much more vocal about what's going on right now. And instead of like worrying about his kids or like, um, mentioning the things that really matter, he's just really using a bunch of like inflammatory stuff, not really naming names, um, walking out of debates and interviews, you know, um, not looking good for someone who's pretending to be a truth teller. You know, um, people who are telling the truth and have the truth on their side usually don't have the run from a debate like they did with, uh, on Tim Cast. So I don't think he's as woke as so he's pretending to be. Kanye ran away from the debate on Tim Cast. <clears throat> yep. All right. So, um, and, and you think that it's because there's something to hide or that um, he's lying about something or incorrect uh yeah i think he just doesn't have the intellectual fortitude to back up anything he's really talking about like he might be right about a couple things but um yeah he just lacks the depth to really follow up with any like real facts or names or you know um pertinent examples um and he's just kind of being super inflammatory okay. and divisive now, this is, he, he's, is he seriously um, uh, creating a campaign for the presidency of the United States? It looks like he was, but I'd say that's pretty well over. It's pretty much dead before it ever got started. But you think that the statements and the things that are being made are uh, for a specific purpose so that legislation can be passed again? to attack free speech based on his current uh, behavior and expression. Yep. Yeah, that's an accurate 
picture of the theory I got in my head. And uh, and and you and you think that really his influence is is such that it can have that kind of effect. What do you mean? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like he's all eyes are on him all the time throughout the media and stuff, you know. So um, he's a great vehicle for the situation. I, I don't know. Sometimes somehow doesn't feel like for me that he that his actions and what he's doing are gonna cause anything to happen as far as laws about free speech. Why? Why would that? Why would he? I mean, just because people are looking at him, people look at a lot of stuff. Um, you know, what about all the the crazy? You know, um, music. Wasn't there a time when you know they were attacking rappers and trying to? put people in jail for saying things in their lyrics. I mean, look at all the stuff they say in death metal. Where, where would it where would it stop? That is not a pretty slippery slope. Yep, so, it's good for the arts. It's not good for humanity. Um, Jenny, do you have any thoughts? It's really good for Empire. It's really you know, trying to control the narrative. Mm. Um, so, we just passed the hour mark here, and so I'm going to be uh, shutting down soon, especially since I got to get to the door here. But, um, Jenny, anything that you're going to add to that or a different thing yeah. that you want to present? Yeah. I so appreciate you opening the room, letting me freely share my links share a little bit of my story. My take on it is a little bit different than Brady's, but I appreciate his view. And I think the bottom line is, um, as someone who has worked as a citizen journalist on these topics, which has proved to be deadly for other journalists, if I all of a sudden yeah. end up dead or, you know, you just don't hear from me for a while, you know, I've shared the link to the threat that I received from the legal firm in Utah in the chat and i mean these people don't joke around this is this is now their... i see the cease and desist there's the pace or pache memo uh no the pace memo is different press... it's before pace that memo, okay. it's it's a link to my Substack where uh they sent me a cease and desist letter and right, I, I, I see that one told yeah. them to most cordially fuck off which may not have been my best move but you know i'm at the place with this thing where i'm not afraid to die and if that's what it comes down to, fine. But um, I will speak my truth about what happened to me. And I will stand with other victims. And I, I wholeheartedly believe Kanye's a victim. And many of the people in the, in the arts and in sports are also being controlled. So um, I look forward to all of it just being openly discussed. You know, we need to talk about it. So thank you, Hakeem, for making that possible today. It means a lot. Sure, um, and it, I'd like to open up any time uh, for anybody um, uh, to be able to express and share because that's what this should be all about. Um, uh, you know, I often don't sometimes understand or know what's going on. Like, I, I've been hearing about Kanye in the news, but I've never really paid that much attention. So I'm glad that people like you guys are paying more attention to help inform people because I've been very disillusioned with the mainstream media simply because of, you know, not getting the complete picture. I, I still look at their picture, but I just know it's not the, you know, not a complete one. 
and um, so uh, I, I do appreciate that. So it's also you know beneficial for me. Um, Brady, earlier you said that you got banned. What did you get banned from? <laughs> I'm banned from everywhere, dude. I'm the most banned dude on Colin, I swear. So I'm banned. I'm banned from the Pangburns. I'm banned from Snarf. Like Snarf has me banned. Meathead has me banned. Lance probably has me banned again. Like, yeah, it's just. I mean, I'm a very scary man to a lot of people. Yes, yeah, uh, apparently so. I, mean, I don't. So, I mean, uh, like I've told I, you, I heard. I've, to, yeah, go ahead. And and. And Sorry, you guys. I heard, I, I heard through Rudy. Brady, I, I, I heard through Rudy. The meanest to Vlad. Uh, Brady, I heard through Rudy that Schnarf was grilling you in his program earlier. He was talking smack. Oh, oh yeah, because I, I was making him cry with the emojis, dude. Because uh, I don't have access to the chat, so I was I was using just the emojis alone to like laugh at Schnarf, and he knew it was me. And so he went. He's went on a little tirade about me, and he started crying. It was it was pretty funny. And I did it using nothing but the <laughs> nothing but the emojis. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's pretty funny. And uh, yeah, of course, there was no right to respond whatsoever. Uh, Snarf does not allow for right to response because he's a coward. <laughs> but I'm glad that he's made an example of himself like that. I think that's interesting. It's always a fantastic example of human behavior. Now, here's what I find even more interesting is I've probably been the hardest on Vlad and Ginny. Out of all the people on this app, I've probably grilled Vlad and Ginny harder than anyone. And they're still totally cool with me. Like, you know, Vlad was even like, hey, let's get Brady up here, like on stage. You know what I mean? And that just goes to the point, like, I, I, I have no ill will against these two. I, I love Ginny and Vlad for their own, for who they are and their own ways and their personalities and their perspectives and their their fearlessness when it comes to expressing their opinions, you know, uh, I have great admiration and, and respect for both of those people, even though I vehemently disagree with them on many things. And I think that's the way it should be. It's cool. What's up, Mr. Two? Brady, that is why David Sachs set up Colin was so that we could talk, even if we have views politically or religiously or whatever, he wants people to talk and, those those people, progressive left mostly, who go with that totalitarian instinct, uh, they yep. can't they can't stand to hear a thing. Snarf has me, so I I can't even comment on his roots. <laughs> and if I think, I, oh, think yeah. if I tried to call in, he wouldn't accept my call. But I can't even comment in the chat, which is a tell. You know, that's a tell. Um, like, what do you think about all the people who have Whitney Webb blocked right now? not a good look is it like i'd hate to be one of the people that has whitney web blocked and it's not a good look when people are coming after you guys you know either i don't, I don't know i don't uh, i don't think it's a good idea to block anybody um i mean like Unless they're, I mean, unless it's like some kind of legal thing that they're like harassing you or there's, there's like a, a non-communication order of some kind, you know, but like uh, this kind of stuff is, is really, really interesting. All this stuff like that. Yeah, it's a nice experiment in human behavior and social interactions. And 
I think they're making fantastic examples of themselves right now. So <laughs> I'm glad it's all being recorded. I hope you post the rooms. <laughs> was there was there something uh, specific that you that happened, like an incident in which you were banned from, like the Pangburn? Like what was the what was the straw that broke Pangburn? Man, that's an interesting one, man. It was the pedophile discussion. They're having okay, a talk I heard about, about that then. Pedophile hunters and their pedophile hunter yeah. didn't show up for the show, so I showed up and was well, like, "Hey, I heard about it." Yeah. You, you, say no more, sir. I, was, I, I can't. That's that's the one. Yeah. Okay. I was talking to Vlad about his profile picture and stuff, yeah. and I was trying to have a larger conversation about kind of like how do we identify pedophiles? There's an interesting situation on TikTok today. There's a perfect example of this. And there was this little girl drawing a picture. Um, I don't know if I have it saved on TikTok or not. I, I meant to share it with you guys. But um, this little girl is drawing a picture of her daddy. And she keeps saying, like, penis. That is daddy. Daddy, penis and mouth. Like, penis and mouth. And mouth and penis. And penis and mouth. And eyes. And penis and the eyes. And I'm like, what the fuck? And the mom is just like laughing, like, ha ha, whatever. Like, oh yeah, you know? And I'm like, it, it looks like the little girl is trying to tell the mom something, you know what I mean? And everyone's like, oh my God, how cute kids are so crazy. You know, like, I don't know, man. I've, I've been the oldest in my family of a lot of kids. I know how kids act. And it looks like this little girl's trying to tell her mom that like daddy put his penis in my face. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it was really weird. And I figured that might be like a red flag, you know, like, and what do you guys think of that? Is that like an innocent, like, uh, like how do we distinguish between what's innocent and what's, what's problematic? That, how should we go about addressing that situation? You know? let, let me tell you, if, if because, social workers, child protective services were to hear the child talking like that, they'll immediately identify it as some kind of child rape and child sexual abuse. And they'll take that child away from the parent, and the parents will be will be in trouble with the law, very bad for many years, and with a record. That's one. It happened to be that. Can you say that for sure, though? That, that that if child protective services saw that video, they'd say that because it's a very it's a. I mean, I haven't seen it, but Brady's saying it's. I, I know, but the way the way Brady's describing it, that's a form of child abuse because if that child got to see that, let's say the child was next to the parents while they were having sex, and they woke up and they saw, and the mom was look here, it's, it's just not a problem. She just could have seen me suck you off, uh, you know, the the wife talking to the husband. That is still child abuse. The child cannot be exposed to anything like that. At that age, she does not have any understanding of what sex is. Neither should she admit she had at any proper age to be explained the birds and the bees. And not like that. And not like that either. That's pretty disgusting. Yeah, I'm trying to find the video for you guys so we can have the exact context and you guys can see what I'm talking about. Because it's like, it really is one of those things where it could be either way, you know, like, Maybe she just learned what a penis is and she's just like obsessed with penises, you know, um, which does happen with children. Um, but penis. yeah, this is very strange. All right. So let's. Sorry, um, I didn't catch uh, you. 
Uh, no, no. So let's bring this back around now. Uh, I actually did make it to the door at work, and even though it's kind of lively inside, I'm outside and I can continue for a little while at least. I got called in because one of the, the other security um, uh, on my my team didn't show up. So here I am because I <clears throat> that's how I do it. Plus, I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm going to get all his money, <laughs> which doesn't have to be paid to him now. <laughs> all right. But um, uh, so, you know, Jenny uh, earlier, um, she was uh, sharing some information that was connecting a lot of stuff that's also similarly tied in like to Pizzagate and things like that, which, you know, I tend to I don't you know, don't like to get too caught up in that stuff. I mean, uh, but it's it's very interesting the kind of patterns and because I'm, I'm really obsessed with patterns more than, than than not and i some of the questions i ask maybe you can tease out from because i don't tell the things that i'm, I'm trying to say i want to see where you guys are coming from and what you guys are seeing uh see you later Vlad. um and uh so um i do know one thing from from what I heard from uh, when I came into the rooms when when you, when they were having that discussion and that their pedophile hunter never showed up, um, that you and Vlad did uh, there was there was some something going on and and then people started calling each other pedophiles. I I don't know what happened there, but I, I that's kind of uh, a crazy. Yeah, thing I never called anyone a pedophile. Like I okay. never accused anyone of being a pedophile. But I was accused of being a pedophile multiple times by multiple people that night. And I, I think I handled it the way that any normal person probably should, <laughs> you know, maybe like disregarded it, like, you know, blew it off. Sure. Like, I mean, that's Brady. The... Yeah. There's a tactic that they use that anybody who talks about pedophilia anytime is outing themselves as a child blaster if they even bring it up. So yeah, that's, which that's is what they do. Yeah, it's a really weird thing that they do. It's a it's, it's a little uh, it's a little strange. It's, I'm just gonna say it's some very strange behavior. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and yeah, I, when I think it was Travis I was talking to mentioned that he had some friends that visited Jeffrey Epstein's island. And I started pressing him on it. I said, so about what time, uh, like, when did they go to Jeffrey Epstein's island? Like, who are your friends? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, oh, shut up. Like, you call you calling me a pedophile? I'm like, I'm not calling you anything, sir. I'm, he's like, oh, you're saying my friends are pedophiles? Nope. I'm saying your friends had some interesting vacation choices, to be sure. Your friends might be pedophiles. Like, they could be based on the evidence we have now. Like it's certainly worthy of investigation, you know? Um, but no, I don't have anything to suggest that that's the case. You know, here's, um, you know, here's what's really interesting. My first, uh, appearance on Colin <laughs> was about killing hunting. It, it was called hit cap. 
the very first thing I did here back in May when I first started in Colin was create a science fiction story called Hit Cap, which stands for Harass, Injure, Torture, and Kill All Pedophiles. And dude, that's I how remember I started that. here. <laughs> I remember that's that. I and I was like, here. dude, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like, this is such a cool yeah, story. Comes yeah, I remember, like... <laughs> I, I do remember you, you did uh, give some cheers for that. So that was like the very first thing I did. And I... And what's interesting is that all the points that I made and the conclusions that I came to, because it was really also a thought experiment to see how, like, what conclusions can you come to? Like, if you're going out there killing pedophiles and then, like, people get inspired by this, like, because the whole idea, in short, was a guy came across a child being abused and killed a guy, and the girl later died in the hospital. Um, the man, the guy who killed the pedophile was accused of a double homicide, but was released when video was, was shown that he actually killed the child because the, you know, how some of these sick people do, they record it and the tape was released and it showed that he actually acted out of passion and they released it and they didn't want to reveal a whole bunch of other people who were involved. Hold on for a second. Good evening, ladies. ID, please. I promise you. Who's good? No, I she is. Oh, you do? Oh. Okay. Sorry, we come here all the time. Thank you. Have you ever seen me before? No. So then you don't I come don't, here all the time? No, I do come here all the time. I promise you. We were just here last week. <laughs> on Monday? Oh, I don't come here on Monday. Yeah, totally into his new book. Yeah. He's got a cute, cool concept for the book. Oh. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. Um, so, um, I'm going to move over here and eat, uh, man, okay, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but, oh, there's Jenny, what happened to her? Can we get Jenny back up in here? Yeah, we're talking about weird responses to our, to the pedophile conversation and to the conversation about just defending children in general, respecting children, you know, um, <clears throat> And I was having a conversation with uh, some like sex people the other night. They had like a sex talk show and I brought up Hunter Biden's laptop and they're like, oh, it's a bunch of nonsense. Who cares? There's nothing burger. Well, I was like, wait a minute. What? Like y'all seem like cool people like right up until now. Um, and I think as lefties, <clears throat> as people on the left, as liberals, whatever, uh, it would look good on our part to acknowledge what's really there instead of doing exactly what the other side does and pretending it's a nothing burger, ignoring it, whatever, calling it a conspiracy, you know, um, shameful behavior on my fellow lefties part, the part of my fellow lefties. Jenny. Hey, Jenny, what's up? Okay, there she goes. She's back. Yeah, in sorry, I got bumped out. Uh, I'm not a lefty. I'm a conservative. And I think that anytime someone just dismisses something with a broad brush that has a lot of evidence tied to it, um, you know, you're falling into the world of propaganda and um, are being manipulated by the media. You know, who have you been taught to hate over the last couple of years? You've been taught to hate QAnon people, Pizzagate people, the the Proud Boys, that's who the media wants everybody to hate. And what are, what do those three groups have in common? You know, dig a little deeper, see what you know about things. I mean, this willingness to just be like, oh, there's nothing there. It's, it slays me. True. 
Yeah, at least like, like for example, if there was someone who came up to me and said the Earth is flat, I'd be like, all right, let's have a conversation about Saturn. Is Saturn flat? Like, I would totally sit there and use the Socratic method on them until they came to reality, or get frustrated and run away. You know, um, what's up, Rudy? Uh, hey, Rudy, how you show. doing? Hey guys, how are we doing? We're talking about um, Snarf today. Did you see it? I, I saw. Did you I see me make Snarf know. cry with the emojis? No, I did not. I saw um, you guys. He started um, saying shit about you, so then I left. It's. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you told him, but now he, he uh, Rudy, just now he started saying stuff about him. No, no, he was um, a year like um, four hours ago. It was a while back, and that's when I left. Him. Yeah, he was talking smart without allowing the right to response. Yeah, Snarf does not believe in the right to respond. I don't know what it is with you guys, man, but Sam. I've heard enough of them, the back and forth. So I know. That. Well, you were, you were talking about it earlier, so it's weird that you've heard enough of it now because you actually brought it up earlier. So it's kind of weird that you've suddenly had enough talking about it all now. Because, I mean, it was, it was interesting when I wasn't here. But now that I'm here, you don't want to talk about it. I understand. No, you were. You were. I, I, I entered after you entered. You were here before I was. Yeah, yeah. We were just having a conversation about you. Vlad just mentioned how you brought up the fact that Snarf was punking me out on his show. And I said, that's yeah, not yeah, exactly and... what happened. What happened was is that no, um, no, I, didn't, I, didn't. I made Snarf oh, cry with up, emojis. Hold up, hold up. I didn't say he was punking you. I was saying that um, Snarf was saying some shit about you, and I didn't want to hear more, so I just left the room. So why is that a bad thing? All right, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not what I heard. Not what we heard. <laughs> I, want you, I want you guys to help. Well, let's do some. Let's do some research. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, this Kanye issue and put you guys uh, uh, other stuff to the side yeah. now, if if you can. Um, totally. I, actually, I, don't, I don't have Go another. Ahead. But I was hoping. Um, I just wanted to answer something that Andy, uh, Jenny had said, and I'm uh, okay. Take Please do. Um, Please yeah. do. Um, no, um, so the, the point that the media has been sort of telling us to hate the Trump people, but I, I remember that the media has been having us hate on a lot of things. Why draw on just those four? Um, you know, the media has been hating on Julian Assange, the media has hate, been hating on anti, the sort of the anti-fascists, the media has been hating on young people, the media has been hating on the left. You know, I don't think just because the media hates on you, um, and especially just because the media speaks badly about you um, overtly doesn't mean it necessarily is that much against you. I mean, they did help Trump after all. So, just to say that I dis disagree with that. They showed an empty podium. They showed Trump's empty podium while Bernie Sanders was giving a speech. Bernie Sanders was literally in the middle of giving a speech at a rally. And on mainstream, like MSNBC, CNN, they had an empty podium of Donald Trump for like 30 minutes instead of uh, showing Bernie Sanders rally.
Perfect example. So I, I think we need an election redo. <laughs> And um, again, um, Brady, um, I, I just want to clarify. The reason why I left is that I heard Snarf and he was, I didn't even see your messages. Right? He, I just saw him saying a bunch of stuff about you and I left because I, I mean, I heard enough. I'm not saying that I, I, I wasn't even talking to him. I wasn't like participating in the shitting on you or anything. I just heard it. I entered the room. It was like, 30 seconds, and then I left. Cause, and so nothing against you or for you. Um, I didn't even hear what you said. So it's not even against you. It's what I heard Snarf I didn't said. say anything. I'm, 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 banned from, I'm banned from Snarf's chat. So I was just using emojis. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't really care. I'm just telling you. But the funny I, thing I, is, is that he knew it was me. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, again, I, I didn't care to participate in his shit. About you, and I didn't really care to participate in your shit about him. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to know what you saw. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Wow. This is wild. Um, <clears throat> this is like a whole uh, very interesting uh, microcosm here in... Colin, because we have a lot of people who want to have open and free voices and free discussion, and it's amazing how much of that gets shut down sometimes. I think, but by the people themselves who so, who claim to want these things. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Um, and then Snarf accuses me of not having any original or pertinent or germane ideas either. But when you listen to him speak. Like, I, I challenge anyone to get a coherent point out of him. You know what I mean? Like, it's mostly just regurgitating, like, some kind of obscure historical facts and, like, stating some kind of obvious point that everyone clearly now, agrees am I with. Too, am I too nice, Brady? Is that what my problem is? Why I don't get kicked out of rooms? Hey, North, how you doing, sir? It could be. So, you know, but, um, you know, here there's something to be said for being nice. Um... It's uh, when you look at Darwinism and like survival of the fittest, um, when you really examine it closer, it, it seems like it's survival of the friendliest who actually make it further. So you're actually you're, you're really making a big sacrifice by being mean. If you're going to be mean to something, make sure it's something that really deserves to be mean to. And if you can even be nice to the things your enemies like learn to be nice to your enemies and like win your enemies over. That's the true ticket. So I don't think you're being too mean. No, not at all. I, I don't think you're being too nice at all. Yeah, I think you're a perfect amount of friendly. You're a great guy to talk to, Hakeem. You're, you're, uh, I, I'm trying to be more like you, actually, Hakeem. <laughs> I'm trying to control my Appreciate inner that. desire to establish dominance and, uh, like, punk out people who I feel deserve it and maybe uh, use a little more non-reciprocating behavior. My my uh, whole thing I was telling Jenny earlier is that I just want to learn, and I feel like if I am not allowed to be around people who are saying stuff, how can I learn? Um, if they if they tell me to go away, <laughs> I mean so. Um, yeah. But plus, I'm also genuinely not offended by almost anything. Um, I mean, it takes a lot for me. You got to try really hard. 
Yeah. Unless you're encroaching upon my perfect space, then I'm fine. Yeah. I feel the same way, Hakeem. You talked earlier about a song you had written that you thought I probably wouldn't like. And I would just say, try me. I mean, you might be surprised at what I like. And uh, all forms of music speak to my soul, especially if someone has written it from a place of truth in their own heart. I can I can pick out the truth, no matter what it, it's surrounded by in terms of, you know, artwork or whatever, you know. So I'd love to hear your song, especially if it's one you don't think I'd like. I think you might be surprised. <laughs> I might I might surprise you, Jenny. Good to see you, uh, uh, Brady. Let me say hello real quick. Yeah, I just abs- accidentally turned my camera on, but I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm at, this is my job here. I'm outside. So I'm dressed like a freaking, uh, I'm on a different planet, but this is where, uh, like, like a bouncer. Yeah. Central 111. Then they're pretty crazy in there. I can, on a Monday, look at all these people. It's a nice night, man. It's a beautiful night. Moon's out. Yeah, it is pretty nice. Beautiful weather. Yeah, I'm thinking about going out. Like, uh, I kind of want to go out, actually. But I'm afraid there's These not much going are on interesting. in the hometown, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Coming in, working really well. Like, quality's top-notch. It is. They are good cameras. Um, I'm going to turn it off, though, for now. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I'll send you a track, Jenny. It's it's uh, some some really uh, uh, very well done, but it's extreme death metal. But um, my friend Robert was the dude who plays Yo, the instruments. I really uh, want to hear this now. We got to have a music class. He's like one of the best ever. Um, Upload it to Colin on the audio button and share it on your show. Brady and I now have been I, playing around. I I well, yeah, I think that the audio music. I think that the audio button is only available for iPhone users because I don't ha- I don't ever see anything like that. Hmm. Well, send me the track and I'll add it to my audio panel. I've got all my favorite songs on there. Let me test something because I asked Charlie if they would turn this feature off where other people can share music on your podcast because I think that's how some of the shows here have been messed with. So I'm going to see if this works. Yep. See, I should not be able to put a song or a sound on your show. I, I think that is a problem. And Charlie said they're working on that because I think that's what happened those times when Aaron Matei was talking about the war and people were putting all these crazy sounds on his show. And um, I think Dude, that's I how they did it. it. I love so metal. If you'll send me a link to your song, David, I'll upload who also it plays to music my with his wife. I can play it on one of your shows. Daniel. Daniel plays music with his wife. He's really good. Put it. I'm going to put the link here. It's called no, it Dale da- of Chains. It, it was Daniel. Yeah, he's very good. Do you have your song with you, Hakeem? Because you could just play it over your over your phone. Um, well, I just sent the, the YouTube link to it. I don't have an audio file of it. Um, uh, separately, but um, there it is in the uh, 
the, the live chats and um, I'll also put it in one of the links at the end here in the room so it'll be more readily available for the replay but I <clears throat> wait a minute do I have, oh, yeah, six. I I have an it. audio file of that I don't know where it is exactly just I'll drop out of the chat for a minute and upload it to mine and then I'll play it in a sec okay <laughs> so um, so Brady a little background too. So you- um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's it, dude. Um, yeah, my oh, so just a little background too, so you know. The um, that song is uh, he, my friend Robert Woods Ledoux sent it to me, and at the time when I finally decided to open it up and do the lyrics, is because I was like, I need to express myself somehow, and um. When I, when I, when I finally opened up the song, I just freestyled the vocals on there. So I did one track all the way through without stopping, just freestyling off the music that he gave me. And uh, then what I did afterwards was I just took that same track, I copied it twice, so now I have three versions of it. And I panned one to the, to the extreme left and one to the extreme right. And, the, and one of them, I don't know which one, but just say on the left, I put a tiny bit of echo on it. And the one on the right, I put a tiny bit of reverb on it. So it sounded like it was in a bigger room. And on the one in the middle, I left it completely raw and unchanged. But, so that when you hear the, the, the vocals in this track, it sounds like, like I layered it I like, like 50 times. Like it sounds super layered. Um, it's crazy, dude. The dynamics in it are just insane. But it's only three layers with with very minimal processing on the vocals. It was just. Um, you want me to play it? But it came out insane sounding. The, the vocals just sound sick as hell. And his and it goes perfect. All right, because I'm gonna bust it out without further ado, like ladies and most gentlemen. Veil of Chains by Celestial Cauldron. Um, Reminds me of Veil of Maya, one of my favorite sure, metal bands. But here we go. I really like the, the snow. The snow makes a great visual for that background, too. Bam. <laughs> so, real. Yeah, I, it was just in my sister's backyard uh, when it was snowing last year, last winter. So, about it, um, 
But no, it was in March. So whenever, well, no, yeah, I recorded snow is metal. Snow, snow is always metal. Before that, so about a year ago, and then whenever it was snowing last year in Virginia, when I recorded the song in March, and I just used the old footage. That's that nice, dude. That was actually pretty. That was dank, dude. I was uh, the rhythm was sick, dude. It went perfect with the Could song. Cannot understand did you, did a you single thing you said outside of Bale of Chains. <laughs> did you lyrics? Oh, it's on the YouTube. All right, cool. Right on. I oh, will I certainly should... check that. You uh, get to look at the at the lyrics. Did you look at them? Because they're written in the. Here, I'll the uh, I'll read them for you guys. Yeah. It goes like. Yeah, look at them later. Then you'll listen. Yeah. What's happening here? <laughs> so, Robert Woods, the dude sees a metal AI bot posting band names, song titles on, with album oh, covers God, on Twitter. I like hearing them. That's not it. Here's the lyrics. Veil of chains. Within the darkness, my withheld hand reaches in to grab onto the ancient veil of chains that have bound me to your sickness. You took away everything that meant anything to me. What does love? It means nothing to you. It means nothing to you. It means that you are a lie. She meant everything to me, but you don't seem to care about it because you are the god of the universe. You don't care about anything. You don't care about it, about nothing. We are, and if we are to submit, if we are to submit... You try to make me submit by taking everything that I love. Fuck you. I bow to no one. I bow to nothing. I bow to no one and I will never submit to you. I love it. <laughs> it's very Rage Against the machine -y. I don't know. Yeah. I, I dig it, dude. Um, uh, it... Um, Except I'm talking. To yeah, God. I don't know exactly how to like read it. I was working on the on the on the on the vocals, trying to do my own spin on it. But yeah, you, you did it a lot better than I did. It sounded great. And the rhythm, I guess it was that part where he goes like, "What does love?" That part has like the the rhythmic part, right? It's like I don't know, but I was digging it. Yeah, I'll check it out again with the uh, lyrics in the background. That'd be cool. But that's good, man. Hey, Hakim, can I ask you, what, what's the image? You mean my profile image or the Black one sun. Uh, for the, the show? For the show. Mm. That's uh, me redressing the image that Kanye shared. That's the Star of David with a swastika in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm one of those Hindu signs. Right, but that's everybody's what I'm in an uproar. And that's exactly Kanye what I meant right earlier when I said that they're going to use Kanye as a way to introduce you know, new speech laws. And it, it's that, that symbol, symbol exactly, you know. And it's something they really don't yeah, want I'm people investigating. Like, um, I'll admit that, like, y'all know me. I'm not a racist. Like, I'm very anti Nazi and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it's worth examining a lot of information from World War II and getting a good taste of what was actually going on. Um, there were a lot of Zionist connections to the Nazi party and what was going on there. And if we look at it, there's also a lot of Vatican connections to what was going on with the Nazi party. And 
I guarantee you guys that the Vatican and um, the elders of Zion are meeting together, or at least their uh, constituents are meeting together. They're, they're in communication and cahoots with each other. And to pretend like they're not is just uh, the height of ignorance at, at this point in time, this age of information. You got to acknowledge that they all worship the same God. And they're all involved in all these major events and wars and stuff going on. And I think the sooner we kind of start acknowledging, acknowledging them as a group, like collectively, um, the further we'll get, the more progress will, will be made. Um, because they are at the root of all evil. <laughs> they are the ones who make the money and control the money. So this, uh, no, it's a Buddhist symbol. So this is a swastika um, it's, an, it's like a Hindu, Tibetan Buddhist of, symbol, yeah. Um, and some, um, I'll look up what it means, um, so we get like actual like cultural context for it, because it means so many different things, so many different people. A lot of times, it represents like the directional. Within that symbol, uh, the death for a lot of people. Um, Maybe there's an actual uh, name for that specific symbol, and we'll all be versed up and laced up on what it means, just for curiosity's sake. Ooh. Internet doesn't want me to know. Polestar. I don't know if that's necessarily it. Um. Um. Hey, Jenny. Yeah, so, I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, geometry. It's a nested... I mean, it's just a nested symbol. I mean, it's like whoever came up with this brilliant. Uh, hello, Jenny. Go ahead. So, Hakeem, I listened to your song. I, I recorded it. And do you know what comes to mind when I, I listen to it? What's that? Primal scream. Mm. There is something inside of you that came through that song <laughs> that is so raw and so real. I just, I, I wanted to like reach through the phone and just like touch your hand and say, everything's going to be okay. You know, primal scream. So I appreciate that. You know, I, I'm not going to upload it here. Cause frankly, I don't want to hear it again because it agitated, yeah. my, it agitated my heart. You know, it was like, you know, just this scream and when I started healing in 2001, I first remembered just the family sexual abuse, incest, rape. I didn't remember the ritual stuff until 11 years later in 2012. And in 2011, the year leading up to me actually having a memory come into my conscious mind, I felt so drawn to reading about all kinds of things 
that are just really dark. And I did not understand why I was feeling this way, why I had to explore this world. And I was incredibly suicidal, you know, like, like I'd never been before. And I'd been hospitalized for it twice before. And I got so alarmed with how suicidal was that I finally, in January of 2012, I finally checked myself into the hospital because I didn't feel like it was fair to expect my husband to kind of have me on suicide watch. And, you know, it's not fair to him or the, or the kids. And so I checked in for 12 days until I felt more in control. But I believe what happened to me was they used what's called a kill switch. And this is something they do to children that tortures and traumatizes them so much that they believe if they even remember what happened, they have to kill themselves. And so it's called a kill switch. You know, it's, it's something that kicks in in their own mind, says it's not safe for me anymore on this planet. I need to leave. And what, what the child or the inner child is feeling is I, I can't remember what my, my conscious mind wants to remember. And so you have all these people offing themselves and it's just because of this kill switch is kicked in. So I was able to get over the hump of these memories flooding my mind and really realizing how much I was tortured. And then I was able to start reconciling, but it was like 18 months of just pure darkness. And your song just reminded me of that time in my life of just, you know, surrounded by evil and, seeking out certain things on the internet. It's almost like I was looking for um, just visual or even um, artistic displays of what I experienced. And, you know, and then the suicidal overwhelm was just so, it just dogged me for months and it didn't make any sense. I'd had this, I had this beautiful life. Why am I so wanting to leave, you know? And um, it was because of the. Okay, kill guys, switch. I have this symbol. I so have I don't know that you have a kill down, inside of you. And it leads to some weird but shit. <laughs> Are y'all ready for this? Um, okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, so let me just uh, answer Jenny real quick. Um, I don't know, um, but. For some reason, what you're saying kind of resonates with certain things that have happened with uh, me and uh, Floor, my wife, um, when she was killed. And um, so, uh, yeah, um, we'll talk about that later. But yes, I, I can resonate with some of the things you're saying. And I feel like a lot of things come into play. So it's just more stuff to investigate. So what about this symbol, Brady? This symbol, um, it comes from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. All right. Oh. Maybe it's not uh, yourself, Brady. You're coming in really broken up, up right down. now. So How go ahead. Doing? It's a little better. All right, I'm going to try. I'll, I'll at least post the link to this article in the chat if I can't read it all. But it comes from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. There you and go. And that's where the symbol of the swastika within the Star of David comes from. And it is also the chosen uh, symbol for a strange cult known as Rhyalians, uh, North American Rhyalians, uh, Rhyalians. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's actually a documentary on, on Vice about the Rhyalians. 
And so it's pretty interesting. Really? They believe that uh, the Elohim are a race of aliens that are very respectful um, to our uh, free will and anonymity. So they will not come to visit Earth until we build an embassy for them. That after we build an embassy for these aliens, that, that then the Elohim will return, and they're like twenty five thousand years ahead of us. Uh, and really interesting headquarters in Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, he talks about how the symbol comes from the. It's the old. He says it's the oldest symbol, and that it comes from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. But I can't get a name for the symbol outside of swastika. So I'll look at the Tibetan rebel, uh, relevance of a Tibetan swastika. And we'll at least have. Yeah. Swastika has been known as a sun wheel. So the swastika is a sun wheel, as it's sometimes called. It's called a sun wheel. Um, and typically the, uh, and see the way, I don't know if you noticed this, but if you look at the way the arms are pointed here, it's, it's opposite yeah. from how it's pointed in the German swastika. The arms are pointing to the right. You see that, how they're connected to the, the star. So like, <clears throat> if you look at the one on the left, it's pointing up and the one on the right is pointing down. And then the one in the middle is pointing to the right while the bottom one is pointing to the left. So that's what I mean pointing to pointing to the right that it's like as if those yeah, were feet exactly right they would be it would roll towards on the screen it would be rolling towards the uh towards the right i think the nazi symbol so it looks has like it the tibetan the one way. might actually be the left hey, Lance, facing I see one similar to up, the nazi man. swastika um of course there's other images of like a buddhist swastika that's going in the right direction I see a lot of Buddhist ones going in the right direction, but there is a Tibetan swastika that goes to the left and it has dots in it as well. It seems to be a prominent feature in the left-hand swastika is that it has dots in the empty space. Um, but that is Tibetan. Um, ah, here's the real one. The real one goes to the right. It looks Tibetan as well. Um, Yeah, there, it goes both ways, you know. Um, That's what it looks like. There's a bunch of different, different kinds and types. Some of them go to the left. Some of them go to the right. Both within the Tibetan um, tradition. Let's see what they say here in the Buddhist uh, encyclopedia. Equilateral cross, 90 degrees, earliest archaeological evidence, swastika shapes, Indus Valley civilization, uh, been used as various other civilizations. Uh, it literally means to be good, or another transmission is higher self, meaning being. Ka, as suffix translation can be interpreted as being with higher self. Um, and you know that could be <laughs> what, why right. Hitler said tip top. Hitler was obsessed yeah. with things being tippy top, you know. <laughs> so maybe it was that was his way of interpreting the swastikas, tippity top. <laughs> what do you think, Hakim? Might be busy at work. 
I just uh, saw. I mean, of all places, Wikipedia so has a really good um, some, uh, take on the swastika. It shows it both ways, actually. Like right off the beginning, it says the swastika, and then it shows one pointing to the left and one to the right, and then it goes into a cool little history about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it's a really beautiful geometrical symbol, just all by itself. <clears throat> um, I mean, that's just crazy, though. Like, it's so yeah. Um, yeah. it's so hated a symbol. Like, people are so afraid of it. But it, when I look at it, it doesn't feel like that. You know what I mean? Like, the only time it feels it, like that is when I see it in a white circle. Red also, field. the eagle you know, a and the skull and bones on a white circle and stuff. And, and a red got, field. Like, how many guys the, driving around with Punisher symbol. logos in their trucks? You got a red field in the it's background the with a white circle and Nazi a black swastika in it. Okay, I get that. That's a fucking Nazi symbol. It's basically the American swastika. Am I right? I feel that way. My car was rammed by someone who had a Punisher logo with Trump hair. Yeah, I've seen a lot of like that. This guy tried to push my car into oncoming traffic after sideswiping me and trying to run. I have no clue. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty Nazi like behavior. And the cops let him get away with it, too. They didn't drug test him, they didn't breathalyze him, nothing. Mm. They let insurance handle it. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, you know, um, I had a yeah, situation. Yeah, they, they told me the DA has no time for it. Literally, the DA doesn't have time for it to try to actually kill well, me. He doesn't have time for that. All they didn't get away just, with um, all kinds of things. You payout. know what I mean? That's the fucking case. In 2015. It's the Wild West out there. Hey, Jenny. I just I just put a link in the chat to an interview I did with Nathan Stolfman at Lift the Veil. Already uh, in June. Inside the link bar here too, Jenny. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So in this in this interview, I laid out my story, but we spent a lot of time talking about the suicide kill switch, and the whole last part of the show is me sharing just a few little tips that people can use if they're finding out about this or ha experiencing it themselves. Cause one of my big concerns, and I know it's the concern of people who are exposing this information is that people who have been compromised will be triggered and will all of a sudden become suicidal and won't really understand why. And so we crafted the show out of an attempt to try and help those people and have it go better. And that you don't, you don't need to listen to what your body's, telling you to do you are a conscious human being and you can make it through this to the other side and even heal and that's my overall message and always has been since i went public with this in 2012 you can heal and i've done it and i'd love to share 
the things that I did with other survivors, because I think many of us have been victims of these types of crimes, especially people in the music industry. Yeah, I, that's, um, you know, I've often as a, as a musician myself and someone who also has studied and got a professional degree in clinical hypnosis and has decided not to use it in that same way uh, as it's taught in the schools and just using it as a tool for hypno anal, hypno analysis, as I call it, like instead of instead of psychoanalysis or whatever they call it. Um, I've seen that there, I mean, music can have a huge influence on people, but there are a couple combinations to make that work. Like there's context and, and and people's perspective. Like if somebody were to listen to certain music and they don't have any background or don't understand where it comes from, uh, then they might have a, gosh, what are you? People are wild animals out here. Um, they, um, they might get the wrong impression. A lot of people, you know, seem to think I'm like an evil being simply because of the music that I make. My metal goth head friends are some of the coolest, nicest, sweetest people in the world, man. Like, they don't take any shit, but like, um, man, when you need something, like, when you need something to talk to, you know, like, you guys are good for that. Metalheads are pretty cool. There's My main experience for experience. metalheads is that they make some of the most brutal music, but they're most, they're actual sweethearts. Really fun, fun to be around. We'll talk to you. This room has been awesome. I was going to say thanks for hosting this room. And like, this has been like a cool conversation. Well, uh, thank Jenny because um, she was, you know, being very patient in uh, another, you know, hangout. And, um, you know, she was sharing and wanting to uh, just get something out. And I just, um, I, I wanted to hear her perspective more, um, you know, at least just a little bit more, which I, I got some here because I wasn't getting that. There was <clears throat> a, a lot of very, um, you know, focused uh, conversations. So I just wanted to see, uh, get a different perspective. And um, hey, Lance, I see you there. What's up? I'm gonna take a call. What's going on? How are you today? Oh, hey, man, yeah. Uh, the, there were several things you guys were talking about that uh you know, that I was going to comment on, but the last thing you mentioned about music, you know, the thing I was talking about too before about the nonprofit thing and the project and all. Well, one of the things I'm currently doing, uh, tangential to that, because I'm not going to wait for that. This is related to it is the, the future agronomist, uh, rural metro suburban, the farms thing, which is bringing country kids into the city, city kids in the country, you know, uh, and it's based around agricultural uh, common ground, inner city urban gardens, 4-H club type folks that live in the country. I live next to a dairy farm, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things I'll be doing is fundraisers, and I've already got the okay, thumbs up from this uh, Trump, you know, Trump-owned, I'm sure she's a Trumper, Fat Bottom Grills, it's a bar. All know. right, but listen, how can you, you you say that? How, you know for sure that she's it's a Trump-owned... What are you talking about, Lance? Oh, I don't know for sure. All I know is that in 2020, where I live, 
It's like 99 out of 100 signs were Trump signs. Now, I'd go about, well, not even 10 miles, five or six miles east. Maybe it would be 70, 30 Biden signs. Let me you ask know. you a question, uh, Lance. Would it be more fair to say that they are Trump supporter owned? Trump su- supporter oh, owned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Owned. She might okay. even hate Trump. I'm saying Republican, conservative type folks, you know, country folks. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have no idea. The point being, though, is that regardless of all that, but that what you were saying about diversity, that's what's cool. Not in this specific case, but I've done bands and I love, like, for instance, punk bands with, in one case, one of the earliest gigs I did, it was at a local traditional old-fashioned 20s theater, not the stage, but the the lobbies. I actually used three lobbies, had about a thousand people there. Anyway, it was punk bands. I had two punk bands downstairs. I had two different stages. I had English, uh, like an English folk, folk rock type, you know, band. I had a solo blues, uh, really good kind of singer, uh, singer guitarist, uh, uh, you know, uh, mostly just covers. Uh, but, you know, anyway, and everybody loved it. The people that went downstairs, the older folks, gee, let me check out this punk stuff. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed the energy. Some of the younger folks that were into that came up and said, wow, you know, cool. So I love bringing all kinds of diverse people together, like you guys were talking about or Brady or whatever, about goth rockers. I want to bring goth rockers into a same building on the same stage with uh, maybe um, like a choir from a Southern Black Baptist church, you know, and everything in between. Love all kinds of music, and I'm I'm uh, a producer and performer and recording artist myself. What's up, Brady? Oh, nothing. I'll just say three, two, one. Let's jam. <laughs> got my cello is out. The, is that the one you just got recently? The cello you you bought? Yeah. That's. Sick, right? Yeah, dude, cellos are awesome. I got, I want to do. That's one of my favorite instruments. I'm gonna get a cello too, but I'm gonna do more uh, bow bowing. I'm gonna do more bow work on the cello. Yeah, dude, I'm getting an electric cello for Christmas actually, so that I can have one to kind of just throw in the back of the car and rock out with. Yeah, they're some of the best. John Cale is Velvet Underground, but you know who John Cale is then? Not familiar yet. You, do you know who John Kale is? No, sounds cool though. I'm into Kale. I got a cousin named Kale. He's a rock cellist. Okay, he, cool. There's, uh, there's a guy named Ian Cook. No, no, he's an amazing cellist, yeah, but, and he's a solo musician. He does the drums, the bass, the vocals, everything yeah, on this album. John Kale was in Velvet Underground with uh, with uh, you know with Lou Reed and Maureen. There's a bunch of creeps. They're a bunch of creeps, man. But they have some cool music. I'm not gonna lie. Who, the Velvet Underground? Yeah, creepy dudes, yeah. Uh, what, weren't those the guys that what continued that on a band after Stone Temple Pilots singer died or left or something like that? Or what's going uh, on? What you, why, why oh, wait, you... no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Velvet wow. Underground is the singer from Temple of, I mean, sorry, uh, Stone Temple Pilots with the guys from uh, Guns N' Roses, right? 
No, they're back from the 60s, man, late, or mid to late 60s. Uh, they were part of, 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 of Andy Warhol's factory and all that. They were part of that whole art scene. But why Why were they creeps, man? They I'm, were all consummate professionals. They weren't just a bunch of They weren't a bunch of that happened to play music. Brady's got like a misconception, I think, about what these. What do you, why were they a bunch of creeps? <laughs> Thank you, Misha. Hello, stupid. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking of Velvet Revolver, my bad. Um, oh, right, right, right. Similar sounding. But I'll tell you how came you like. Just Jen, uh, 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 avant garde rock. Yeah. Check out the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Um, Jenny, uh, I want I want, I want to let you know um, I'm going to look at the links because I've reposted them so that they're um, when the replay comes, you don't have people don't have to wait for the look, look where they came up in the live chat. Um, at when I post this and I'm going to use all of them and do some research going through your websites and stuff. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to call on you again to, uh, once I dive into it so that I can talk to you more about that stuff. Um, because I've looked at the just cursory stuff over the top and it's very fascinating. I mean, this is what's so nuts about this is that if somebody actually looks at this stuff, it's, I, you know, now I'm starting to see, man, this is creeping me out a little bit about how, you know, people are being silenced and like how people are treating some, you know, like trying to make you feel like you're crazy or like shutting you down. And I'm like, I'm wondering why, like, I, you know, I'm starting to see that. I don't think it's so much that they, that some of the people who are doing that actually think that you're crazy. I think that they're actually scared. I think that they're actually scared um, because you have something of real substance that's very connected to a lot of things that, um, you know, have can have consequences, like real life consequences in politics and people's freedom from like from not being locked up in jail and persecuted or just harassed. And, you know, I think m many people would rather I mean, I would too. <laughs> I would rather just be unharassed and be comfortable and not knowing some of this stuff. But when you look at the fact of how connected it is and how there are media stories about it and just the stuff that's going, like just a cursory look at it is um, is pretty horrifying. I don't know what the hell this is nuts, well, but I want to talk about it more the, later. Yeah. One of the most exciting things about the Utah case is that somebody has already been arrested. And the sheriff in that case has vowed there's going to be more arrests. And so I'm watching that really closely because it's it's exciting for someone who was a victim of similar crimes who feels like I'll never get justice for what my dad did to me and the people in his orbit did to me. Most of them are dead. But to think of other victims getting justice, I'm all about victims getting justice. And so, yeah, I'm going to keep yelling about this until the day I die. And really, I do it for the other victims. I want them to know they can have a life. You can have a family. You can have a happy life. You don't have to be a victim of your circumstances. And that's where my heart is right now and going forward. So thank you again, Hakeem, because like I said, the way those guys at the Pingburn responded to my evidence was so typical of the response I've gotten from my own family members, my brothers and sisters, um, friends. A lot of strangers on the internet, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy, sit up, shut down, you know, shut down, sit down, shut up. And I'm not going to shut up. That's the bottom line. I'm not going to shut up. So, Jenny, why do you think that is? I just gave my own little hypothesis of that maybe people are scared and um, maybe it's not that they necessarily disagree. But what do you think the, the real issue is why people have this reaction to you? Um. 
I shared my friend Sherry Kane's article in 2011 on the front page of my blog, which at the time I was getting like 40,000 unique visitors a month with hundreds of thousands of hits, tons of traffic. When I posted Sherry's article outing a nest of human trafficking pedophiles who worship Satan in Los Angeles, she had done the deep dive and wrote this definitive article about this group. I lost 90% of my blog traffic. Everybody just skedaddled. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to see it. They didn't want to, you know, hear anything about satanic anything. And I have never had anybody who read my, my blog daily come back to me and say why they left. I just know they were gone. And there's been a similar response ever since. And whether it's because people just are in denial or they don't want to know about it or they don't care, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But it is definitely something that triggers a lot of people. Yeah, I'll I'll say um, that. Yeah, that. I mean, I I'd, I'd like to get to the bottom of it. You know, there's a lot of things that I I, I want to look at because I just don't understand. Like a lot of those times when I see certain things happening, especially things dealing with suppression, I often wonder what that's about because on the surface I, I i don't understand how it could do any r wrong or bad by exposing things that are happening or, or having conversations about it or at least like if somebody says hey this person did this i mean i thought you know one of the definitions or the purposes i heard that was originally stated about the about the united states of america's media was a a, a little moniker that they gave it which was it's supposed to be quote democracy's diary end quote democracy's diary so if that's a diary of democracy and the democracy they're talking about is the one that we have in the united states based on the magna carta and then uh you know and then of course uh changed by slightly by the u.s constitution and then also ratified and the, the amendments and everything like that if we're talking about um democracy's diary shouldn't all of this stuff be allowed to be you know have have open conversations like even let's just say jenny you are crazy out of your mind nuts but you are organized and putting this information together and have gotten this far and being able to be organized and having your own website setting up your sub stack finding different platforms to 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 speak and share on i think that that's newsworthy in itself i think that's a discussion all in itself i think people should be like hey this crazy lady over here look what she's doing can you check this out <laughs> it's like look look at all well, this stuff I've, I've had other activists ask me you know how come you're not dead and all i can say is i have been safely held in the palm of God's hands. He's protected me. I know he has. Because believe me, there's there've been attempts. Yeah. I hate to to just ditch the conversation, but No, I, I got have you, Jenny. Go. I understood. But thank you again. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call on you soon to uh once I start looking through your stuff, so just look out for messages from me at some point in time and we'll get together again. Thank you, Jenny, thank for you, Thank sharing. you so much, Hakeem. This has meant everything to me. All right, you have a good night. Take care. <clears throat> all right um so um brady and mr two extra and lance what i'd like to do if you guys want to or i don't know if um brady if you want to open up a room um i don't mind doing it myself um i'd like to continue uh, having a conversation with a 
we have a nice small group and at least having, I know Mr. Two Extra sometimes can't always talk because he's busy working or doing something else, but he just likes to be here to support. So I appreciate that too. Um, so I'm going to either open up a room or Brady, if you wanted to do it to, to get some more content on your end, but just uh, um, continue talking for as long as you guys want. What do you think about that, guys? What do you think about that, Lance, Brady? Yeah. As opposed to leaving this room, go like it is. I don't. Well, no, I don't. Because I, I, I like to have discrete pieces of content. Like this is Kanye breaking free, and I know that we did go off on some other stuff, but it was all related. But if we have another conversation, plus this is already over two hours long, um, which is anathema to me. So I would like to stop it and then start something new that we can all have a different topic. So Brady, did you want to do that? Or? Ah, I see. What you're saying. Yeah. So um, or. Well, you know what, uh, Brady, are you stuck in the metaverse somewhere? Your mic is, doesn't look like you're muted. Maybe your mute on your end is. So uh, anyway, that's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to open up another room. And if you guys want to come and hang out, then that's what I'm going to do. So um, thank you guys for hanging out here. And this was Kanye's Breaking Free. I featured Jenny Hatch. There are lots of links here in the link bar. And so we can research later. And I'm going to have a talk with Jenny sometime later on in the month or maybe even at the beginning of next year. All right, stay well, guys. I'll see you in just a minute.